0: And binge on those videos, which which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Trade Show University. This is a very very special episode I'm honored to have on a, a guest that just has his finger on the pulse not just for most of our listeners are here in the us but he has it globally on the events industry honored to have on kai hottendorf and he is the ceo of ufi ufi is the global association for the exhibition industry with UFI being active all around the world, he spends a lot of time connecting with the industry and stakeholders around the globe. He's a sought after speaker across the events industry and regularly here in the US and was recently named Business Events Strategist of the Year by PS by, by PCMA. Quite an honor. Kai, it is an honor to have you here. Welcome to Tracy University.
1: Jim, thanks so much for having me. And there are so many acronyms in our industry that we all get our letters wrong every now and then.
0: Don't <laughs> really. That is the truth. There is, oh my gosh, goodness. I, I don't know of any, any industry that has more acronyms than the events industry, but you uh, should
1: turn that into a jeopardy episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I bet that would be an amazing, amazing closing keynote panel this panel a fun discussion that could be bring out a bunch of people leaders in the industry and and have them guess what the acronyms stand for that would be just a blast so for any show planner out there. (laughs) yes oh my gosh that'd be amazing so okay you show planners get your thinking caps on let's make this happen but thank you again for for coming on you know i recently read your your column where it talks about five trends to watch for 2023 and I guess this is an annual an annual column that Ufi puts out. So getting us past you know what's going on today, really looking out into the future. And I, I was absolutely fascinated by these five trends, and and thought that focusing especially on on one of these for for the Trade Tree University listeners would be great. But before we go get into the focus, can you give everyone a little bit of a background on why you do this every year, and then give us just real a quick touch on the five trends for 2023?
1: Sure, I'm happy to. Now, the the five trends have almost become a tradition. You know, we do our events around the year, we connect the industry around the world, and the biggest and the most international event is always in November, and that's our Global Congress. And after that, we are really taking stock of all the insights and uh, previews and perspectives we have gathered. And we are really distilling that down into short and crisp five trends that we then put out as the year begins. And and they're really not about the next three months. They're really not about whether we're going to have a recession in the first or second quarter in the U.S. or whether Indian population will be bigger than the Chinese population, which I think happened last weekend, oh. or, or when it, whatever. But it's it's really about the next 12 to 18 months. Of course, that's the, that's the scope where you're relevant for the boardroom, for the kind of planning and, and for the midterm strategy and just as well for the operational guys and, and, and ladies and gentlemen out in the field, putting the shows on the road. So that's why we do them. And they've become one of the most used bits of content that Wifi that puts out every year.
0: That's fantastic because it, it it helps us not to be just reactionary, but really to be strategists and to be planners for the upcoming year. Or so as our, our companies that are, are exhibiting as well as uh, show planners, how do we, how do we tap into these these trends or, or prepare for them in the best way possible? and that's by getting ahead of them. So can you give us a, give us those those five trends if you would just touch on those. That would be great
1: sure i'll I'll give you the headlines to start yes. with and then we're okay. gonna we're gonna dig deeper and uh, if you want to read the whole text i'm sure you're gonna share that
0: i will these
1: notes with the podcast as a link so um no need for everyone to take notes now but <laughs> uh, we'll uh, jim will share where you can find that so so the the number one trend and that's the one we will focus on a little a little more in detail afterwards is that it's really in 2023 and 2024 about the customer focus that we all need to have at the core of everything we do let's not get distracted by discussions around inflation let's not get distracted by discussions around recession we've been there we've done that over the last 10 15 years is as an industry in most parts of the world and we can learn how we deal with that going forward but let's focus on keeping the customers happy they were just so eager to come back to the show floors after the pandemic Let's make sure we can keep them happy and we're going to discuss yeah. how to do that. Uh, a second trend that we see around the world is that really by now, this climate crisis is hitting us. You have shows that are being canceled because of hurricanes, right? Florida, yeah. you have phone warnings, closing down shows. You have weird weather conditions that are closing down airports so people can't travel to shows. So this is impacting us on a very operational level. At the same time, many of the big exhibitors are increasingly implementing policies about carbon budgets next to travel budgets. So mm. they're prioritizing where they go as they have their own carbon emission targets to reach. This is going to have a big impact. And we as an industry need to show that we are part of the solution to the climate crisis and we have ways to deal with that. And that we're not just part of a problem. And, and we have a great industry initiative around the world called Net Zero Carbon Events that deals with that. The third trend is where we are calling an end to the discussion whether or not the future is digital. Come on, this is a digital conversation. A podcast is a digital product. We are creating our digital future ourselves as an industry. Some still use hybrid as a term, but this is really just a smart adoption of technology and data to make the face-to-face events better and more useful for, again, the customer. And we will discuss how we can do that. Uh, the hype around the metaverse will die down as facebook has less marketing money to spend but but let's see if, if apple releases all these rumors about the augmented reality device if uh, apple or someone else is able to release another game changer of, of uh, tech like like the smartphone was 15 years back remember the yeah. iphone came out 15 years back wow so wow. digital digital will all be about the implementation yeah it will be Less glamorous, but people will use what works for them. And that'd be cool. There is and remains staffing as a key issue for the industry. Mm -hmm. Everyone is hiring, of course. We still need to hire, and it'll stay like this. We need new skills, new talents, new perspectives, and we need a new way of engaging with the colleagues we want to hire in the industry. We need to tell a better story about who we are as an industry. We are the industry that builds and serves communities we give purpose, which is a key attraction factor for talent when they pick a career move. So we actually asked young talent from around the world to build this new staffing narrative, to give us a new story to tell. And they did an amazing job. And so for us, one of the key trends is really to change the way we sell ourselves on the job market, to bring in all these kind of diverse multi-talented and educated people that make our industry this great melting pot of skills and talents. We used to, we we used to talk bad about that, we fell into the industry. It's, this is not, it's an asset. It's not, it's, it's nothing bad. It's something great. We are a unique industry where you can thrive because you've done something else before. And that's great. So the last trend, the, the new the new thinking, the digital, the the climate issues, all that leads to our industry picking up speed when it comes to change. Change is accelerating. It's no longer good enough to get our greatest hits album back on that we played <laughs> before the pandemic. and we imagined the show floor as were, as it was in 2019. We need to up our game, we need to push the envelope. Pick a forward-looking metaphor of your choice and add it in here. <laughs> that we really, 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 really need to get better in evolving our business around the face-to-face show floor that we are building. And we see the fastest speed of innovation in Southeast Asia where new business ideas are coming, where new business elements are being rolled out. And it's no coincidence that this is the part of the World that's therefore catching up the fastest after the pandemic and it's geared for growth.
0: Hmm.
1: You you will know that it took the U.S. trade show industry ten years to grow back to where it was after the 2008 recession. Wow, wow! You guys don't have the time. No mature market has the time to copy paste what we did before the pandemic and say it'll take a few years, but we're going to get back to it. We need to change and we need to evolve, and that change is speeding up, and we are well-positioned to look as a global industry, to look for those bright ideas and take them where we find them. So those were, that was a long monologue, Jim. I'm sorry for that, (laughs) but if you ask me to summarize five trends and I may have used five minutes for that.
0: Well, we we could go an hour or more on each one of these trends, and I'm sure that you and your colleagues have poured days and weeks into thinking about these trends. And so, yeah, this this would be probably one of the longest podcast episodes ever if we did that. But but all each one of these like a whole event
1: around this, you know. There you go. Hey, (laughs) hey, there we go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So all this leads to to the customer though, at the end of the day, it's, it's all about the customer. If the customer isn't coming to our events for whatever reason, whether it's a digital event or a live event, then we've got to know about it. And these, these changes, keeping things fresh, keeping things new. I I'm, I'm big in the, the, the business to business world. So I've been going to these big industry shows for 30 years and they pretty much look the same as they have in the past and we're. You know, some of these, some of the attendees, numbers are going down and we're wondering, well, what, oh, it's COVID or it's this or it's that. And, and, but at the end of the day, they are changing, they, they are demanding different, different experiences. So let's talk about that focus on the customer. I really want to spend the, the majority of our time talking on that. Why is this one really the most important in your mind?
1: I think you've already touched on two or three really critical points. The customers are ch- it's a new generation coming to the show floor. You, you've got five generations of decision makers on one show floor. Wow. wow. Uh, and the modeling is still very much geared to the, not the, mo- not the younger ones of those, right? Yeah. Now, the pandemic has given us a golden opportunity. Remember when we all did these shows as a kind of digital community event on these online platforms? Mm -hmm. At UFI, with our own events, and we did around 60 of them online, we found a totally new and additional audience of people who we didn't have contact to, who who didn't know about us, who we didn't know about. And they connected with the work we did, and they connected with the content we shared. And now we're seeing them at our events, because that motivated them to go and see if face to face to go to the event face to face the same happens with every show organizer so there's a whole new audience to capture that is eager to come to an event that is eager to experience a trade show floor that wasn't on their mind before the pandemic if they experience basically their granny's show they <laughs> won't come back and so we got to watch how they interact we got to check what they want and we got to challenge us to evolve to make sure we can capture their needs. And this, again, is where digital comes in. An event app is the basic, right? Replacing your old printed show catalog with an online app, which we all did 10 years ago. That's a minor step. Adding additional information, digital services, uh, digital products to the show, because that's what that generation of people expects. The matchmaking is a core asset that people expect if they come to the show floor. So that's just one dimension, how we can focus on the customer.
0: So much there (laughs) already just to to unpack, but you have, we also have different different versions of customers, you know, for our, our, you know, our associations, for our show planners, our customers might be our members who are also exhibitors, but then you have, you know, the attendees or the, the buyers, you have our sponsors, you have so many different levels here that we need to consider. So what are, what are some of the most important elements do you feel are a good experience for the customer?
1: That will change from industry to industry and the priorities will differ. But I think there are some some tools that that go cut through all industries. Right after the pandemic, the first edition of every show of every trade show was about trade. People wanted to reconnect and people wanted to fill their order books and sign deals. And you had fewer people coming, but they brought the checkbooks. So this phase is coming to an end. So we're gonna go back into the discussion about the customer experience or the individual more individualized customer expectations. And this is where the basic pain points that have remained the same for the last 10 years for every show come in, that is decent Wi-Fi coverage, that is decent food and beverage options, that is the air in the halls or the access to fresh air outside, that is the sanitary conditions. All these are the kind of top issues that make the day pleasant for someone coming to a show. So let's start with the basics, and that's the human experience. And already there, quite a few shows don't put a lot of focus in. Hmm. At the sustainability debate, and you have many organizers who are rightly removing carpets to reduce landfill and waste. That's not good for the joints, right? So you've got to have to redesign your show floor experience, try to cut, make the the ways shorter, try to create other spaces where people can sit down and, and don't stand all the time. So this is an impact on the design and the layout of your show. And right now we're just discussing that very, very physical experience of being at the show for, for a number of days at the same time. Yeah. So that's the first dimension where yeah. it begins with, and that shapes how you perceive an event.
0: Oh, it, it definitely does. And I'm glad that you're focusing on that. And, and it really is the basics, because if you get the basics right, nobody notices. Nobody notices. But if anything's wrong, that's the first thing they'll talk about so uh, for example, if the show floor is too hot and someone says, "How was the show?" oh you it was oh so hot <laughs> it was so hot that's what they'll focus on instead of the relationships and the and the the communications and the the solutions which is where we want them to focus so, getting everyone to think about that, that human element. And like you said, as we make changes, like removing the carpet, like any, any big change like that, that to that human experience, we have to compensate for that and think, what will this do other than it'll make everyone feel better about the green factor of our show and the environmental impact that we're making. But what about the human experience? And then people are gonna be, oh, my feet were killing me halfway through the show and I don't I can't exp- <laughs> we don't want that. We want all positive, all positive. So there's a there's definitely multiple layers going in here. That's outstanding. So I want to go back and to And then then, yeah, yeah, so then you on. go
1: to the next level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you have yeah. the human experience. Let's say you have the human experience all right, right? So it's 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 not a you, you, you get through the day all right.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah.
1: Then the question is what is it you want to achieve? Usually you wanna sell stuff or buy stuff. Or you want to, and you want to meet people and, and or you want to learn something uh, on the content side. So you as the show organizer need to know which of our customer groups are there to do what. This one floor fits all concept where you slam a content stage in the middle, have a bunch of sponsored content speakers and have a bunch of booths around is not tailored enough because especially if it's the exhibitors providing the sponsored content as a goodie in addition to their stand, that's, that's something you give the exhibitor on top, but it's tough to find an audience for that because people aren't there to be sold at. If they want to have information about a specific product, they go to the booth right. because they go to the exhibitor, right? Yeah. They don't linger in the center of the hall or on the side of the hall to listen to a sales pitch on, on a content stage. So if you do the content, focus on what the audience, what the community you're serving really needs as content. And then figure out whether the show floor actually is the best place for that.
0: Hmm.
1: How you create time slots for content without taking too much attention away from the floor, how to find the balance because that content need and that as to business conversation leads the need of of customers. You learn all that when you have good interaction with your customers and when you make sure to be in touch regularly and ask Hmm. them the right question and they trust you enough to give you the honest answer. So at the core is that you are able to ask them what they want and they're able to tell you what they need and that you then don't, for, don't focus on an additional sponsorship dollar as a quick fix, but sponsor on making sure this customer need is fulfilled because it'll pay back multiple of that one sponsorship dollar over the next two years. So that's, that's where the business intelligence comes in and that's where... Yeah. We talked about digital being a tool. That's where digital comes in. And that know your customer with your customer, gather data about your customer. So, so, so you can serve them comes in in a major way. And, and, and where we talk about that accelerational change, this is driven by a better understanding of the specific needs of a group of customers around an event in an industry.
0: Yeah, the feedback, the communication is so critically important and then what to do with the, the mountains of data that we have available to us and how do we interpret that to be able then to give that back to the customer in a meaningful way, in a meaningful new experiences that they can, they can take. This is just, <laughs> this is great stuff. So let's talk more about the, the digital part of it and where do you see that going? How does digital augment our our live events more than just what we originally thought as hybrid was, we're going to broadcast the, the, the live event and, into, and zoom into people's offices and homes. Where do we, where do you see digital going?
1: I think that concept of hybrid in it's meaning that you have a physical event that is a digital event at the same time. I think everyone has understood that these are two very different audiences that you need to serve in very different ways. So having a live stream from the conference stage, something you can do, but it doesn't really fulfill the need of an online audience. If they have an interest in content, you can make it available on demand, but it doesn't need to be at that specific moment when it happens live on the show floor. There very much limits the person not on the show floor because you may be in a business meeting, you may be traveling, you may be at home because wherever you are, you're not at the show. And why should you then follow the schedule of that show? It makes no sense at all if you think about it. So that if you detach then the on-site and the online, then you can crash the whole value of the term hybrid because then it becomes something like a broadcast or an on-demand model. And that we've known for a long, long time. We call that pre-show and post-show activation,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right? right. At at UFI, we started recording the sessions at our main events in 2007. Because never in the world can anybody travel, everybody travel to attend a global event all the time. But people are eager to, to tap into the content that was shared. So we've been doing audio recordings and then since 2012 video on demand, for every event we do and make that available to all the members afterwards. So this is not new. So either we've been hybrid since 2007 (laughs) or hybrid has just been a term that we've used for a while. Now the promise of digital, I think goes, goes way beyond what do you do with a piece of content that you've filmed. The promise of digital really is to have the option to stay connected with your customer base, to stay connected with your clients if you're an exhibitor to stay connected with your business partner, the exhibition organizer, whose job it is to create sales opportunities for you as the exhibitor, or buying opportunities as the buyer. To stay connected, not just in the context of a physical floor, a physical event, but to stay connected all year round. It is really interesting to see that major organizers, remember the RXs, the informers of the world today, They were born out of media companies Hmm. that started to spin off event units to utilize the content they were producing in, in multiple ways. And over time, most of them split off and became events only businesses. Now you see increasingly event organizers, exhibition organizers, buying back into publishers, buying back into industry content providers because this gives them so many additional channels to connect with their customers throughout the year. And this is all digital. And let's say you have one main event a year. You have a bunch of digital town halls or um, gatherings. Uh, You have a regular bit of content that you share. It can be a newsletter, can be an online magazine. And you have a totally new model of, of what some call omnichannel, what some call 365. Activation of your customer base, connecting buyers and sellers. And you're tapping into this potential of digital marketing. And if you look at the size of the pie of digital marketing spent in the US, and if you know that I think around 35 to 40, between 35 and 42% globally of B2B marketing spend goes into face to face. If we can pick up a few breadcrumbs of that digital marketing spend, our industry will easily double in size. Wow. Double in size. So forget about pre-pandemic and getting back to it. Think think Rocket launch.
0: Wow. That's... And this is
1: the potential wow. of digital. Yeah. If we play this right. And just like today, the biggest players in the industry, the leading players in the markets are those who understood the opportunity of going out of your home market, becoming international, becoming global. Those are now the top of the ranks and, and they all they've all done that five or 10 years from now the big players in the industry will be those who have understood how to activate digital and tap into that digital marketing potential to grow beyond the days when you hold the in-person events the face-to-face event will be the call and will be the big date in everyone's calendar where everybody comes together because this is what we've learned from the pandemic. We want to meet, we need to meet in our community, in our industry. We need to reconnect and recharge our relationship batteries or business relations for flat over time. But around that, boy, the sky's the limit.
0: This is so fascinating, encouraging, inspiring, creating this 365 day a year cycle, not just cycle, but community community, you're building a community of your, your customers year round is so amazing to me, especially as someone who has been, like I said earlier in the B2B world, going to big industry shows. And when you went to that annual industry conference and it doesn't matter if it's industry or you pick an industry, pick a show that happens once a year, an association show, you get together and it's like a big family reunion. You see all those people that you haven't seen in a year, some you haven't talked to in a year, but now you have an opportunity through digital, if it's done right to create ongoing communication, feedback, collaborations. so, and then when you culminate in that live event, once a year, the magic that can happen in the future is just uh, uh, wow, outstanding. And, but the fact that you said double. Really, <laughs> that that made my eyebrows raise really high. So it's great to hear the the optimism and the the thought processes that are going into this with you and your colleagues, at Ufi. Just outstanding. So- well,
1: thank you for that. But this is this is where the whole narrative then actually really again ties into the staffing issue because yeah. this new staffing narrative that we worked with with the and with talent from the industry from around the world. They say we are an industry that builds and serves communities. Let's just repeat that we don't build a show floor, we build communities. And if we understand that, that the show floor is a tool to serve a community. That we can interact and activate these communities all year round. Then we stay who we are, but we open a totally additional world. And my hope is that the new right people we are bringing into the industry now will drive this development in the next five to 10 years. And then you and I can sit at one of these industry meetings in the, in the, in the old timers corner and say, <laughs> see, we hope this would happen. It has happened.
0: It has happened. And the thing that I love most about this industry is the passion of the people. And like you said, most of us have fallen into this, but the ones that come into this with purpose are the ones that are going to drive it forward and, and continue that passion and help others to understand and that passion will draw the right people in to help us help lead us forward. So if we get this right, you know, like, where do you think everything's going to be maybe in, as we start kickoff 2024, do you, do you think doubling is that quick or where, where do you think we'll no, be? No, no way. <laughs> uh, don't forget
1: to be, we, we do have this little nasty recession thingy and the inflation thingy and we do have we do have a war in europe and we have so many operational challenges that we have to deal with and god knows what other black swan we'll find on the way so this this will take time and i I gave you the example that internationalization and globalization of the industry took 10 to 15 years so Mm -hmm. this will take time as well but it has started it has started and we are on that on that trajectory where will we be a year from now um We'll have research coming out in early February. I don't know when you're going to release this. So okay. we will have research coming out soon. Research <laughs> is just out. And if you're listening to that afterwards, anyway, research has been has been released that, that tracks where our industry thinks we will be at the end of 2023. And we will stop talking about post-pandemic recovery with the exception of China, where we still need to see the post-pandemic recovery as it's just reopening. Hmm. And dealing with the with a with a big wave of COVID infections. But we will globally, if we index the revenues we had twenty nineteen as a hundred, will be somewhere between eighty-five and ninety-five in the in size of the industry. So that initial estimate that we had that that the industry will reach its twenty nineteen levels by twenty twenty four, that's that's coming true. We have markets. That will surpass that in 2023. Five markets are sure they will surpass it. It's, it's Saudi Arabia, it's, it's Colombia, it's the UK, it is Spain, and one other, like, Turkey. Turkey. Turkey will surpass yeah. 2019, according to the data we have already this year. The markets that have the biggest share of international participants have the longer road to recovery because they rely on global travel lanes or global travel schemes being... Being back and, and pricing and climate challenges are are a, a factor there that's holding back everyone from traveling long haul. So for the international, for the global events, it'll take longer. And they will probably strengthen their regional events instead. But a year from now, we should be back where we were when COVID hit. And then, as I said, upwards and onwards.
0: So much here. So much amazing information. And I appreciate you, you sharing all this with the... But it it really is, it's the focus on the customer while let's, let's tie in that last trend, embracing the change and really moving forward, knowing that, Hey, we can't do things the way we had and expect, expect us to grow. We need to, to make change. So as, as we wrap up our, our conversation here, what would you think, what would you say, if you can leave people with a couple of tips, especially when talking about focusing on the customers, what would you have them do?
1: Literally make sure you talk to the customer. It's as simple as that. Have have as many conversations as you can on the show floor. How's your day going? How's the show going? How's your order book? Uh, What can we do to, to serve you better? Have that backed up by solid digital surveys and build that data, build that knowledge, and then relentlessly apply it and question everything you do if your customers tell you it ain't good enough
0: relentlessly apply it. I love that word relentless and, and continue to question yourself. You've got to continue improving. Just outstanding information. Kai, you've got to tell people about UFI and the global Congress. And I heard it's coming to the U S this year. Yes,
1: it is. So, if you want to see our five trends for 2024 taking shape, oh. <laughs> join join the join, join the conversation. Our our global congress will indeed come to the US for the first time in North America since 1972. Wow, I was barely alive back then, and for sure wasn't attending. Now we'll go to Vegas, November 1st to November 4th, and we'll bring a few friends. You know, normally at a, at an UFI congress, you have colleagues from between 50 and 60 countries in the world coming together, which really creates this global perspective and really creates this global exchange. And I'm super excited about coming to the U.S. with this event because there's so much in the U.S. And at the same time, there is this momentum building in the U.S. trade show industry that this is the time to connect with the international network, with the global community in the trade show industry, because you see this change. There's a lot of changing of the guard. There's a lot of new thinking. And if we can support that with our global community coming into Vegas while having everyone experience the U.S. hospitality and U.S. culture and friendliness, then I'll be a happy man at the end of this year.
0: If people want to know more, learn more about Global Global Congress as well as more about UFI. And I know you have a lot of research and a lot of information. Where can they go?
1: Right, well, obviously, there's the ufi website uh, ufi.org but it, it, i always recommend people follow us on linkedin because this is where we put information about the research out information about the events out education and lots of advocacy updates so if you follow us on linkedin you can kind of plug, plug yourself into the bloodstream of information that, that we are sending out to stay connected with our community as you mentioned the research that is right and if you want to bookmark one thing and you in your session notes here Please bookmark our research portal, ufb.org research. Well, it's a research portal, so that's the link. Because the, the research that I was quoting that will have been released if you listen to this after early <laughs> February, that is on our webpage. We make a lot of the research available to all industry professionals because we have a duty to do that as the global association. There's no paywall, there's no need to register. We make this available for the industry, for everyone to to benefit from. and our, our leadership and our members are keen that we do that because it's the role you have if you' are the global body.
0: Outstanding. as as a first point of action, make sure you read the article on the five trends and then dive into the research they have available on the website to see where it all come from and what, why are they saying what they're saying. And you heard a lot of optimism, a lot of, a lot of possibilities going forward, a lot of growth going forward. So tap into all of the things that they have available to the, to you. And I will drop links to all those in the show notes. So please check those out and follow them on LinkedIn. See what's going on next, because it affects all of us. It affects everybody in the industry. Kai, this has been outstanding. I really want to thank you so much for, for joining me today and taking the time to your your wisdom and and all the the great things that you're doing at UFI. Really, really important.
1: Well, again, thanks so much, Jim, for having me. And a conversation I will have to have with the Vegas folks is that we're going to break their model of what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, because (laughs) we want all these ideas and all these conversations and all these experiences that people will have in November in Vegas. We want them all to leave Vegas, take them with them and share them. So none of what happens in Vegas (laughs) at the USP Congress will stay in Vegas. Sorry, folks.
0: I love it. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much. That's a great way to, to end this and get everyone excited about November what's coming up. So again, Kai, thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing all this. And thanks for the great work that you and Ufi do every single day for the industry. And for everyone listening, thanks for taking the time to listen today. Continue to come back here to Trade Show University. Continue to get better and learn. And let's all grow together. It's It was awesome having you here. We'll see you next time.